Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hello, JV Major. How are you? Sam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm doing well. Doing well. Been a busy last few weeks here, coming off of conference and heading into the holiday season kicked off by Halloween a few weeks ago, and now it seems like Thanksgiving is early and almost here. Busiest time of the year. One of the times to be grateful and take inventory of what you have to be grateful in life and family and connections, and um, tis the season right now that we're walking into. I think that's such a powerful message, and something that we you have to kind of remind yourself of, I think we're pre-programmed, especially as business owners and entrepreneurs and people that are kind of hard-charging achievers to always think, what's next? What's the next level? I'm already thinking about goal setting, planning, all of the things that we're doing for 2024. And you can overlook the little things, the accomplishments, forget to be happy, forget to say thank you and appreciate the people in your life. So it's such a good reminder to just kind of sit back and take it all in for a minute? A hundred percent. Just this week. And uh, if Barry happens to listen to this, he's going to know, but he's made my day. He's a guy that a client that we worked with, he actually did not end up um, getting placed into a business. And for good reasons, timing wasn't right. He moved to UK and is now coming back to the States uh, and just popped up on my calendar and we've stayed in touch. And I just saw an invite coming in from him for us to just connect for no other reason than to connect. And uh, about two weeks ago, I had another client that listened to one of these podcasts, just say, hey, let's let's reconnect. Let's talk. Like That's what fills my cup. And that's what motivates us. Other clients that we've stayed in touch with that are just crushing it and loving life like that. That's it's uh, in this in the arena that we're in. That's yeah. what fills my cup. Or having a hard day. I love when a, yep. when a business owner mm -hmm. calls me and they're like, for three months and I'm not profitable. My whole life is ending and I've quit my day job or I've kept it. Now I'm working nights and weekends and I haven't done this since college. Did I make the right decision? And it's like, you know what? We told you these moments were going to happen and now we're here. We're here and we're in it. And I'm so glad that you feel like you can call us and that your relationship with us does not end when you decide to become a franchisee. I always want clients to know that whether it's good news, whether they need a little bit of help, whether they just want an ear to say, is this normal to feel overwhelmed? Is it normal to feel like I don't have a grasp on this right now? Or to say, I can't tell anybody in my immediate circle because they have no clue what's going on. But like, man, am I knocking this out of the park? Like, this is pretty crazy that they have us to talk to and that they can reach out or if they need an advocate to to kind of, you know, be a voice for them in any process that we're still here to do all of those things, because that's still part of our role in the franchise world is to always be that consultant for them. Well, for me, it's talking business and talking franchising has been life changing for me. So to talk franchising with people, to talk business with people, it's it's a pleasure. Like it's just a it's a it's a sign of a compliment when somebody reaches out to you to talk about their business. Um, you know, in, in personal life interacts with that. And the more that you get to know somebody, then um, the more you care about them. And, and um, I think that leads us into where we're headed today as a great founder, a great brand and um, potentially life changing business for people. Absolutely. So it's my pleasure 
to introduce Carmelo Marsala, CEO and founder of SprayNet, which is sweeping the nation and has already swept Canada. I think we have more franchisees now in the United States than Canada. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Samantha <laughs> and Jamie. Welcome, welcome. So we'd love to dive in a little bit on your background, how you got SprayNet started, maybe an overview of it, and then we're going to have to scratch this itch on Canada here in a minute. <laughs> I, want to, I want to hear what you mean by that, but uh, yeah, well, I, I actually used to be a franchisee, so you spoke about franchising changing your life. It changed my life, too. I was a student painting franchisee uh, in university, um, and that's kind of how I fell into all of this, kind of kind of realized that there was a niche that was not really served, and, and that's how we started spraying it, but I'm sure we'll get into that. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you want to know about Canada? <laughs> <laughs> how many franchisees do you have in Canada right now? So we've got uh, 32 franchisees in Canada. We now have 35 in the United States. So we actually have more U.S. franchisees than we do in Canada. So uh, that was a huge milestone for us, actually, as a Canadian business. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. I would love for you to start really truly from being a student painter franchisee, what you learned, how that went, and then kind of work us through what led up to the inception of SprayNet? How do you, you know, I think it's it's such a unique concept and obviously we'll dig into that later, but I just want to know about you. Well, I mean, I was 17 years old. Um, I just really, well, I actually when I was 16, I really, really want to start a business, started doing some stuff here, some side hustles, stuff here and there. And then, you know, these guys came into our university class and said, hey, you can start your own painting business. To be honest, I didn't care what type of business it was going to be. I just wanted to start a business. And I got so excited about it. And they're like, on top of it, we'll teach you how to sell. We'll teach you how to do the jobs. I'm like, well, this is a no-brainer, right? This is a franchise, right? It's a student painting franchise. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to do this. So finally applied, got it. Uh, in our first year, I was actually the number one in our entire province and the entire system here uh, because I just gave it my 150%. <laughs> year two, uh, you know, still doing well. But then I started to kind of start to realize, well, okay, it's great what we're doing. I'm, I'm happy, like, you know, I had a team of 20, 20 employees. I was, I was 21 years old at that time. Um, but I was starting to become hesitant to what we were doing. Um, we were painting front doors, we we're painting siding. And I was realizing this stuff's going to peel. <laughs> this stuff is not, it's going to scratch. And this stuff's not going to last forever. And I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to be doing this to people's houses because I don't think they realize in two, three years from now, if this stuff starts peeling, it's not going to look very good. It's going to be very expensive to actually replace that. Um, so I kind of stopped doing it for that reason. And I can dive into what we did thereafter. But that's kind of the, the aha moment for me was like, Hey, I don't know if I want, I want to run my own business, but I don't know if I want to run this business anymore just because of what we're doing. Ethics. Pardon? <laughs> ethics. That's what I hear of that whole conversation is ethics of doing the right thing, doing it for people um, and, and finding a profitable way to change people's lives and, and, uh, and run a business ethically. That's what I heard of that whole conversation. Well, you know, it's, it's the first time anybody's actually said that. And, and to be honest, it kind of was that because like, you know, I had a customer once and I felt so bad when customers called me because like we did their front door and literally called me two weeks later. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry to bother you with this. But my son opened the door and his bag scratched the front door. And I'm like, man, like it can't be that fragile. Like if I, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's just not, that's not what we want to do here. Right. So I'm like, I went back and did it. Of course, I'm like, it's going to happen again and again and again. And I'm like, we can't be doing it this way. So that's why that, that's when I, the idea came to me is like, well, when you buy a brand new door, that doesn't scratch. It doesn't peel. Doesn't, you know, it, it lasts forever. So I was like, well, how are they doing that in the factory? So I went to visit a paint factory, saw how they sprayed these doors. And I said, hey, 
can I get my hands on those products? And at first I said, no, whatever. I finally got my hands on the products and I tried to spray those outside. Um, and that was not ideal because what ended up happening is as I sprayed those, not only did they smell horrible and they were super toxic, it's another story, but they ended up cracking almost instantaneously. Because when you spray a front door in a, in a, in a factory, all the ambient air conditions are controlled. Whereas outside, if there's a bit of sun, these products dry too fast. Uh, whereas in a factory, you want them to dry fast, you can wrap it up and ship it out. Um, so I figured if we're able to apply these on site or reformulate them, then we'd be on to something. And that's when I started to learn how to formulate coatings. That's how I, when I approached a couple chemists, that's how we really came up with a custom chemistry for smarter painting. And, you know, the story starts there, I guess, if you will. That's a lot of foresight into thinking through all of those different things. So we kind of have hit on a little tiny bit about what SprayNet is. Could you just for those listening that haven't heard of this or are not in the know, what is SprayNet? What do you guys do? What is the service? How is it different from the thousand other painting companies, one of which you are a part of, uh, yeah. mom and pops up to franchises? You guys are the only company doing this that I'm aware of or anything even close to this. Right. Well, we actually have three patents on our on our service, on our, on our process. Actually, these are Canadian patents. We have, we have three U.S. patents, too. So in a nutshell, basically, to continue on the story is we deliver a factory durable finish on site. So rather than a paint job, it's an alternative to replacement. So rather than replacing your garage door, your front door, we'll basically bring it to you. Right. So it doesn't look repainted. It'll last the same as a brand new door. Um, and, you know, the, the, the whole point here is we give a 15 year no peel warranty. The, the reason why we're able to do that is because we actually have custom chemistry for smart paint. So what that means is we've actually formulated a specific coating for each and every surface that we do. So brick stain, front door paint, vinyl window paint, vinyl siding paint, aluminum paint, stucco paint. We actually now have a roof coating, which you can talk about, uh, and kitchen cabinet coatings, too. So everything that we do was specifically formulated for that specific surface to be able to offer that you know, factory finish and 15-year opioid warranty. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, walk us through a, 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 a pitch for one of your owners um, that is, is pitching against a, a competitor painter. Well, so we're lucky in the fact that we don't necessarily overlap all the time with conventional painters because conventional painters won't necessarily do your vinyl windows or, right. you know, your vinyl siding. There are some, there's some like areas where we're overlap. So for example, kitchen cabinets, so kitchen cabinets, you know, there are guys painting those kitchen cabinets. The thing is when you use a latex paint on your kitchen cabinets, well, I wouldn't suggest that only for a few reasons. A, it looks painted and B, same thing that happened to that guy's front door is going to happen to your cabinets. And actually, probably more likely to happen quicker, especially if you have kids. I've got four. I know they're going to destroy the cabinets, right? So, uh, so they'll scratch really, really easily. The other thing too is, so there's there's two segments of, of of for kitchens. There's the guys painting them, which we know doesn't necessarily last that much, that long, because of all the final film properties. But then there are guys doing it right, right? They're removing your cabinets, they're bringing it to a factory, and they're reinstalling them. So I would say that's that's a good way to do it. The problem with that is. Well, the boxes, they, they look repainted because they're not spraying those on site. And when they bring back your cabinets, your house smells like a body shop for 30 days because it's outgassing. All those solvent-based lacquers are outgassing into your house and you have no cabinets for a couple weeks. So at first I was hesitant to start with kitchen cabinets. But after interviewing a couple customers who had all these pain points, I said, well, what if we could do it on site in one to two days with no odor, but the same durability on the boxes and the cabinets? 
And like, if you could do that, I would actually pay you a premium. So I'm like, challenge accepted. It took us about a year and a half to figure that out. Uh, process, chemistry, same thing with all our exterior stuff. But now we're able to get a 15 year no peel warranty. We do it in one to two days, all on site, basically no order. And it's all water-based, non-toxic products. So we formulated the products, we, we, we created the process and we optimized as we went. And the results are amazing. If you look at the before and afters, if you take a peek at some of those things, I mean, it is pretty remarkable. I shared before the podcast started that um, your Madison franchisee is incredibly successful and actually worked with a friend of mine. She bought a building that her spa is in and she wanted to redo some of the areas that she wasn't currently using before she took them over. And they came in and redid a ton of stuff for her. And then she actually decided to redo the brick exterior on the outside. So they're going to come back and redo that for her because she was so impressed. And I will say, I, I told her, like, have you looked into this? Have you, you know, she was pricing everything out, looking at how everything was going to look. Do I want to order this? Do I want to do that? How much money do I want to put into this? And she was shocked at the results. And I think that is kind of the, the beauty of it is that they do look brand new. It does look like a factory finish. And to have homeowners not have to reinvest in, you know, getting all of those things. And then I think getting new cabinets too. You look at some of that stuff, interior, exterior, new siding, new cabinets. That's a massive investment. And I think some people right now maybe thought, this is my home for the next three years. And then we're going to go ahead and build that house we wanted, or we're going to move into the next bigger house. And they're like, oh, so with interest rates, this actually is our home for <laughs> the next however long. Like, we're not going anywhere. So I imagine you guys are seeing a lot of pickup from people staying in houses. And also when the market turns over, preparing homes for sale, I'm sure that's something that you guys get a lot of business from as well. Yeah, well, I, I've spoken to a lot of people in the home service sector, and they all said, like, year over year, we've seen a decrease in the amount of leads that we've got. I'm like, well, that's funny. We've seen an increase. Uh, and, you know, heading into a recessionary environment, I started this business out of a recession, right? And this is the best alternative to replacing, right? We do everything for a fraction of the cost, time, and mess. So, yeah, you're, you're actually right. It's the, the time for us now is actually right. Like, people are looking for cheaper alternatives, and this is it. That's fantastic. What are you looking for in an ideal franchisee? So someone who wants to invest in the business, what do you, what makes him or her successful? Um, well, first thing is I'd say, you know, you spoke about ethics. We want someone who, uh, you know, shares our, our, our company values, uh, you know, likes that this is different. When we surveyed all of our franchisees as well as our team, and we asked them, you know, like what really drew you to SprayNet? Of course, they said, you know, the fact that it's different, the fact that, you know, it's proprietary and all that stuff. But the main thing, the, the, the close second was the customer's reaction at the end of the job, that wow factor, that feeling that we get when they're like shocked and amazement. Like, I didn't even think this was possible. This is so amazing. And that's the reason why we're able to retain our employees and the reason why our franchisees love this business. But to answer your question more directly, just literally someone who fits our values, is a strong leader and has some sort of, you know, sales doesn't have a sales background but be comfortable talking to people right as you know like running a business you need to network you need to do guerrilla marketing you need to sell and not even just selling the job but selling the job to potential employees you need someone who's a leader and okay talking to people on social right other than that we can teach them everything else like we've got all the systems in place to do that just good people <laughs> that's it that's all we're looking for i know a few <laughs> i know a few that's it's 
interesting because I think so many times we talk about home services and home services is such a massive umbrella, right? You've got everything from picking up dog poop to mowing lawns to beautifying your home. And to me, you know, I think about it as a woman, right? Aesthetically, my husband probably could not, if quizzed right now, tell you what color our kitchen cabinets are. I don't know. He would definitely have to like stop and think like, what color is the hardware? What color is the cabinets? He'd be like, white, I think, (laughs) but not positive. But I think as I talk to clients, it's great for couples too, because I think they look at different parts of the business and they can bring a different spin because for me as a homeowner, this is very appealing to have something that looks brand new and you're getting things fixed and you're getting things done. And then as a business owner to have something where you've got zero competition, in that space in the market. And I think regular painters, the barrier to entry is so insanely low, right? They just have, you have to literally have a chuck and a truck with a ladder and some paint. And that's really it. But with this, nobody can compete with the products because they're patented. Your process is patented. The turnaround time is also so impressive because we had painters in our house before we moved out of our last house. And they were in there for, I think, three to four days, just interior painters getting a getting a house ready to go. I was like, are you guys still here? Like everything's moved out of the house. Like there's nothing on the walls. You're not even moving around things. What's taking forever? So I think the ability to, to do an exterior, to redo the actual physical features of the home is pretty exciting. And you guys have been gaining some notoriety with that. You actually won... You know, you were on Canada's version of Shark Tank. I would love to hear kind of about your experience with that because I imagine that was kind of a tidal wave of people being interested and in understanding what it is that you do. It, it, it was, but if I could just preface with something that you said. Um, so I used to be a conventional painter, right? And at the end of the day, what you're selling is time. Um, and I got fed up of selling time because I was competing, competing against the brother-in-law, the 400 other people painting, and sometimes the homeowner themselves. And I said, I want to do something that adds real value that they cannot do themselves. And that's what allows us to also have the margins that we have that are you know, m- much, much different from, from regular conventional painting or home service brands, right? Like um, we disclose, we disclose this in our, in our franchise disclosure document. We have a 59.4% average gross margin uh, amongst all of our franchisees. The reason why we're able to do that is because we have something that's so different, right? Um, but, but yeah, so so I wanted to talk about that because that's really one of the other reasons why I got out of that conventional painting sphere. I wanted to add value rather than just sell time. 59.4. I just want to make sure that that gets called out in, and that somebody that maybe was like, wait, what was that number again? I'm going back 30 seconds and now I'm scrolling my phone again and I missed it. That's 59.4% gross profit margins. You're not finding that in a conventional painting business period. So that's, first of all, impressive. Second of all, congratulations to you, but more importantly, congratulations to those franchisees that are experiencing that type of margin in a business that's home services. How fantastic for you guys. Right, right. And, you know, and that that's actually, you know, ties into our mission. You know, talking about ethics and value and stuff like that, like that makes me feel good because that was literally the intention is how do we create not only something that adds value for our customers, but as a result, our team, meaning our franchisees and our HQ team, literally right there on my wall, you can't see it, but that's our mission is really to offer innovation solutions and maximize value for our customer. 
And as a result, our franchise partners, I'm literally reading that off the wall, but uh, I, I'm going to answer your question because I know I went on a tangent here. Um, so, so, so Dragon's Den, um, that's the equivalent of Shark Tank Canada. This was actually a long time ago now. Uh, before I even had any kids, uh, this was uh, in 2015. Uh, so another world, we just, yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, so we're just getting started. It was so crazy because at that time we had, uh, I believe, five franchisees, um, and we went from five to 32 in like literally a week. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. We got. 1500 franchise requests in the first 24 hours. It was so crazy that Microsoft actually shut off our, our website because they thought we were getting hacked because of all the traffic that we got after that show. It was pretty cool. It was very validating for us. Yeah. What was the, so you guys clearly doing well in Canada, which I love it. Thank you. What was the motivation to come down to the US and was the transition going from one country to another? And going to market, regulatory issues, patents, all that stuff. Walk us through some of that. Was any challenges, successes there? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, the, the reason was we were full in Canada. And I always say your business is either going up or it's going down, right? So you got to keep growing. And, you know, we're, the best way to grow was obviously the United States. I mean, we're, we're right here, right? I'm in Montreal. Yeah. I can drive to the border in about an hour. Uh, so, so. Uh, yeah, like the United States was just always in, you know, in our sights. It's just we want to be ready. So when we grew that fast in Canada, we're like, whoa, we can't handle all these franchises all in one shot because we didn't have any yet. Right. So we spend the next three, four years figuring out, OK, well, how do we how do we optimize our processes? How do we better onboard these franchises? How do we better support them? So we were, quote unquote, an emerging brand in the United States. But we had really optimized all of that stuff coming, you know, coming from Canada. And by the time we actually started franchising in the U.S., and it's barely been two years now. We already had our U.S. patents approved. Um, we had all of that stuff ready to go. Our FDD was done. Uh, we started putting together an item 19. So you know, that's part of the FDD. Um, so all of that stuff, we, so I like to go very fast, but that's one thing that we did slowly <laughs> because we didn't want 2016 to happen all over again. Yeah. I think it's important to have those things for you as a franchisor so you don't feel inundated. And you'd already experienced that, right? That massive amount of growth. And that's really yeah. tough to take on. And then I think on the other side of it for the franchisees, because I think Jamie and I have been, both been part of systems on the franchisee side where there have been some growing pains. They've experienced this immense amount. I mean, that's a nice way to say it. I just saw Jamie scoff at that. But there have been some growing pains. There have been some things where it's like they didn't take the time to do those things. And you can kind of feel when they're working on the fly or when they don't quite have things figured out. And franchisees have made a major investment. They have, you know, they trust you and they're not coming from the industry. So they really need you to have your ducks in a row to help yep. them. So you guys have taken on Canada. You're in the United States. You have a ton of successful franchisees. You have a margin that most franchisors can only dream of. You have patented and proprietary products. What's next? What's the next frontier for Spraynet? Um, well, for us, like our vision is, is to be widely recognized, right? As the most cost-effective way to modernize a property. So the only way you can be widely recognized is by having more franchisees, right? Like the more franchisees that we have, the better, you know, the better marketing is we're going to have more marketing. We're going to have more economy to scale. We're going to manufacture more in the United States. Everything is kind of going to figure itself out once we start having more franchisees. But when we talk about, you know, additional services, um, we've now got all the exterior stuff. We've got the kitchen cabinet stuff. 
we actually just launched uh, our pilot phase for our new roof coating, which is actually probably could be a franchise in and of itself. <laughs> uh, this is actually four years in the making. So basically what we've done is, so I'll tell you the story about this, actually. I think, I, I think it, it'll make more sense. So about six years ago, I, I showed up to a quote uh, with a franchisee and the customer's like, I'd love to do my entire house. I like to do my soffits, my brick, my windows, my doors, everything. But my roof is green um, and my roof is not going to match. And I'm going to spend 30K to replace my roof. So I said, what if we can change the color of that roof? And she said, okay, well, I mean, if you can figure that out, fine. So I said, challenge accepted again. Uh, I thought it would be way easier than it was. And I was like, <laughs> these paints for roofs. So I'm like, I don't want it to look repainted. It needs to fit our promise of like factory finish, durability. So I said, I started looking at how they manufactured roofs. And I said, let's break this down. Basically, it's granules that are stamped into asphalt. So I said, what if we take those same granules, we envelop them in resin, and we spray those on a roof? Sounds easy. It took us four years to figure out the chemistry, and then another year and a half to develop a pump to actually be able to spray that. Uh, we finally did it about a year and a half ago, and now we launched with seven franchisees, uh, four in Canada, three in the United States. And we're actually able to regranule entire roofs. So similar to all of our other services, for a fraction of the cost, time, and mess, you get a brand new roof, which looks like a new roof and it'll last actually longer than a brand new roof because of the way the granules end up gluing and sitting onto that new asphalt shingle roof. So, so that's a really cool service. I I'm super excited about that. Is it only asphalt or what about like you're seeing steel roofs, flat roofs, lots of different stuff. I, you know, we live in California, so part-time, so yeah. we have the clay shingles. I mean, where is it mostly asphalt shingles? I'm, we also live in the Midwest and that's all we have here is asphalt shingles. Right. There's really nothing else. But in, that, in Madison, you'll be fine. But yeah, yeah. for now, we formulate this for asphalt shingled roofs. As right. we grow into new markets, we may see if we adapt the product for different types of roofs. But for now, it's asphalt shingled roofs. But the really the coolest part about this product is the granules that you see in a roof where you know there's all those different colors in the roof. Well, you yes. still get that because we're literally spraying different types of granules mixed together and the resin dries clear. So we're actually gluing these granules onto this roof. So it literally looks like a brand new roof. Um, but not only that, it, those granules won't shed. And the reason why roofs deteriorate is because those granules come off, they end up in your gutter or all around your house and the asphalt is exposed to UV. That actually ends up drying out the asphalt. It cracks, it curls, and you have to replace your roof. With this, that won't happen anymore. And those granules can actually come off. Um, so it's got a, a functional and an aesthetic benefit. But to tie together my story, I went back to that customer and I said, hey, we can do your roof. And he's like, all right, you got the whole job. And we actually have that job on our website. It's a green roof. We did, we did his roof. We did his brick. We did his wood. We did everything on that house. Uh, and that's kind of how it initially started, the whole roof thing. I love entrepreneurs, man. That is incredible. Like challenge accepted. I see a problem. I'm going to go get it. And uh, that's awesome, man. And yeah, I don't even know where to go with that, but thank you. Are you a chemical engineer yourself? I, no, I am not. But I, I, I mean, I, I did a lot of reading on my own at first. Then I started taking formulation courses, but we've got two full-time chemists on staff now. Um, I mean, I can speak the chemical language, I guess, if you will now at this point, because we've been doing this for so long, but I don't have a, a I guess, a, a formal degree in that now. But you have two <laughs> chemists on staff? Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Well, that's yeah, exciting yeah. too for innovation purposes. Now, we always end this podcast with the same two questions. And so I'll throw the first one out to you. What is your personal compelling reason for being in the franchise space? You obviously love innovation. You obviously love doing things. You could have opened up corporate locations. You could have went national. You could have sold the paint in 
Home Depot and equivalents across the country. There were different ways to go about this. What drew you to franchising? What is your reason for being in this industry? Well, it's where I got my start. I was a franchisee, right? And I, I figured like, it's the way to go if you want to scale a business, a home, a home improvement, home service business, because you've got that, you know, got that local presence, you've got that entrepreneur. And the second piece of that was I had friends all the time say, hey, you know, you're so lucky that you came up with this idea. I would love to start a business. I just don't have the idea. Well, I said, well, just get a franchise. That's the whole point. You don't need the idea. You can still have your own business. So it kind of checked out both those boxes for me. That's gratifying, right? That's correct. Yeah, I think that that's, it, it's interesting too. I think what you said is I, I literally talk to clients every day and they're like, well, I'm still waiting on my million dollar idea. And I always say, guess what? So am I. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of us out there that, you know, I didn't look at anything and think, could I invent a different type of paint? That's just not the way that I would think. But man, do I love the system and and being able to just implement. Right. Yeah. And and, and some people are, are better at that. Like I'm, to be honest, I'm probably not the best operator necessarily. I've got a great team to do that. I like the innovation stuff. Right. So like some people are just really good at operating. Right. They won't, they don't like the innovation. Stuff. So everybody's got their own strengths and just got to, got to play with that. Absolutely. Well, the second question that we always end the podcast with is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh. Um, so a mentor once told me you're only successful as a franchisor once you've got a franchisee that beats what you were able to do corporately. And I said, that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. very interesting because I'm like, huh, because we, we scale very fast corporately and, you know, we're not there yet, but we're almost there. Uh, and I think it's going to happen in the United States. and I think it's going to happen in the next two years. So I'm looking forward for that moment. <laughs> That's very, that's a very interesting thing when the student surpasses the teacher. And that's really a good metaphor for life. I think in parenting, in friendships, in franchising, business, any of those things, when, when you have that moment, you know, I think so many times in business leadership, what we do is really train people and teach them to do what we do. And when they reach beyond what we had hoped. I think that's such a gratifying moment. And I'm sure it's gratifying to, you know, I've, I've seen your FDD. I've looked at the success of the franchisees. There's got to be so much pride in saying these people are creating a life and a legacy and doing these things because I said, I'm not going to settle for a scratch and a door. I'm not going to settle for having the same painting jobs every two years, because truly, if people like trust and respect you, they would have called you back every two to five years to repaint those things until they replace them. And that just wasn't good enough. So from there, you've helped so many people create their own legacies. And I think there's something really special in that. And I'm just so happy that you were able to tell your story and, and join us today. So we really appreciate you coming on our podcast. Oh, and, I, and I appreciate that. And I think I just want to end too is like, you know, one of the things that just to touch on the franchising thing is there's so many things that we can do as a group that you can't do as an individual. Like, for example, uh, we just signed a national partnership with Lowe's where we'll be in the kitchen section of Lowe's and they'll be selling kitchen jobs on our behalf. If, if I was alone or we didn't have all these locations, we would have never been able to do that. Right. So like, there's just so much value to being a group, a group of individuals that are doing the same thing, rowing in the same direction. It's just so powerful. 
Um, so, you know, I just wanted to add that because I, I forgot to mention that, but I think that's, that's really the power of franchise, right? The, the strength of the group together. Yeah. And for individuals that are listening to this too, from a franchisee perspective, you're never alone. You know, you're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. And there's so many things that solopreneurship, and I think everybody on here has done something on their own as well, that you just kind of sit back and you're like, well, who do I call? Who would know how to do this? I don't understand that. Or you're beating your head against the wall going, how many thousands of dollars do I need to spend on marketing initiatives to make something work? Whereas in franchising, if you have, you know, if you have a question, there's somebody that's already experienced it. You're never really alone. You have a franchisor, you have people that you can talk to, or if you want to share a success or help somebody out, there's also that avenue too, where you can share things that are working for you. And that's another level of gratification to be able to help other people achieve success. So I just think it's it's so true that having the group, the strength of the group is so much stronger than the strength of an individual. Right. A business in a box. <laughs> I guess, yeah, pretty much. This is this conversation has been fascinating to me and really eye-opening for myself. But you know, we start with ethics, then we go through innovation, we go through chemistry, we go through success of other people, super high margins, um, challenge accepted. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.